following program is paid for by the Hawkeye Huddle, which is solely responsible for its content. The opinions and views expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of 1700 The Champ, Cumulus Media, or its employees or management. The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. All right. Are we on? We're on. <laughs> Dave Creighton Jr. <laughs> Brett Ridge, live. Hawkeye Huddle at G-Mix. As Did you know, have... we have nothing but technical problems. <laughs> but we are here. Are live we on we... 1700 and G-Mix. And so at least 87 people here can hear us. Well, then I'll just say what I said, which is, there you as go. we start off the show, if Matt Campbell doesn't have anything good to say about the Iowa Hawkeyes, he needs to pull up his big boy pants and learn how to be a man because his team got worked the other day by the Iowa Hawkeyes, and he needs to learn how to own that, not take this on as if somehow Iowa didn't play a great game. Because And Iowa's 27-17 victory in Ames the other day. His team trailed for virtually the entire game, was never in the football game. They were up 3 to nothing, I suppose, at the end of the first quarter, right? But Well, during the punting of the first right, quarter. Back and forth and all that stuff. But at, at the end of the day... His team got number seven in the coaches. This is uh, about as high as they've gotten in quite a I don't even have. Number four in 2015. Okay. In so, November. Right. What, uh, when, this is as early as they've been in the top ten since, I believe, 1985. Right? Or this is early they've been in the top five since 1985. When they were obviously number one back when they, you know, Chuck Long and they beat Michigan and then the one. I was there. One, two. I was too. I was too. Kent State this week at 2.40 uh, in the afternoon, by the way. 2.40? Uh, 2.40, not 2.30. It's a 2.40 kick. Well, 2.39 would be better. Extra because, minutes. Well, 2.39 would be better because one more would be too farty. <laughs> and if you, we have to eat your uh, beans again that, at the tailgate, that's, that's going to be a problem. You so, did, it did create some gas. Yeah, if you're, you requested bagels. so That's, that's okay. right. We're going to have a much better tailgate um, this week. Let me I, – I want to – so I was up to number Just five. Just start. Right, let's go. So – Cool things. Iowa's defense is uh, not only – what I love is hearing people talk about nationally about – they're not only good. They're scary good, right? And so, listen, if you wanted to – They've scored wanted, three touchdowns and given up two. And they've given up, they've given up two. Against um, two top 25 teams. As you, as you went into this game the other day, you thought to yourselves, and we said this, if Iowa can make them one-dimensional, right? And they did. Right. Brees Hall got what? 60? He had 60? 60, 69 yards. 69. 69. Sorry. Hawkeye's favorite number. Right. There you go. He got 69 yards. Um, Iowa was all over the field in tackling him, keeping him in front of him early. He had one early run that Matt uh, Kerner. Jack. Jack. Matt. I got the Matt Purdy thing. Jack Kerner made a tackle in the open field on a cutback. That saved about a 90-yard touchdown, and after that, I don't feel like I heard from Brees Hall again. Jarrell Brock had the trick play. We called for the trick play, and sure enough, they hiked it to the, uh, they snapped it to the, to the uh, running back a couple of times. And Jarrell Brock, who was recruited by Iowa, by the way, uh, got about 20 yards on the play. Other than that, Brees Hall was never a factor. Um, I think that kid's a really good running back. Iowa held him in check, and of he- course, the three, t- the four turnovers, three of them through the air. 
two of them were tipped balls, and one of them was just just a great play by Matt Hankins, who uh, stepped up his game the other day to the point where if you were watching what was going on, he was blanketing whoever he had to cover. I mean, it well, was. I think it, I think it was that. I'm going to say Xavier, Xander. I don't know. The stud wide receiver for Iowa State. This isn't the Cyclone uh, chatter. This is the Hawkeye huddle. So we we may not know all of their names. But nevertheless, it was Saturday was a great experience, I think, uh, in this regard. Again, game day was there. Again, uh, great showing. Ashton Kutcher showing up in the combine. So we got Andrew and I got over there just in time to see him get off the combine, and we were right there and then watched the very end of the thing. It was it was fabulous because he was getting booed nonstop. And but Lee, he was and in, Lee and Corso Lee. showing the Cyhawk trophy to the Cyclone fans because they haven't seen, they it, haven't for seen a while. it for some time. That was awesome, yes. That was a little, a little on the a shot side. And then, of course, he puts on the uh, herky hat. And you know what? Lee Corso, in spite of the fact that he's 80-some years old, has had a stroke and struggles speaking eloquently. Yeah. So it, do I. Yeah, well, we, we do from time to time, particularly when we don't know we're on the air. Right. But um, um, it, 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 was a, it was another one of those days. It was a fabulous day up until the game, by the way. I mean, the, the tailgating was off the hook, fun. So I mean, Iowa fans and Iowa State fans really do get along up until – we get on the field. Afterwards, of course, somebody's in a bad mood always, right? right? But even then, they were pretty gracious. There were a lot of excuses about how, really, much much like their coach, right, that, that they beat themselves. But that's fine. I, I get that, right? But it was a really, really fun day. And, and, and it was, it, 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 although it was a million degrees out there, and people will lose track of that. But it was super fun. Um, if we go back. As we said, Iowa's defense was terrific. Iowa's offense left a little something to be desired. On the other hand, as I said, Iowa State has a great defense. Now, Spencer Petrus, what did he go, 11 for 22? Was he 12 for 23, something like that? Yeah. Right at 50%, right? Um, 47.7. But he only threw seven passes in the second half. It wasn't like, so everybody's like, well, the second half is terrible. Well, yeah, Where's Hunter Decker from? Somewhere here in Iowa, isn't he from? I thought he was from Council Bluffs. Okay. I mean, they were talking about he was like Iowa kind of half recruited him, and Iowa State wanted him, and he, he's pretty good. Looks pretty good, right? Looks looks pretty good. Left handed, yeah, and he, he did okay. Um, I thought one of the things he's from Van Meter. He's from Van Meter. How do we not know that? I don't know. I don't go a lot of Van Meter we're football. Not Iowa, we're not Iowa State fans. Um, I just wanted to know where he was from. What's so funny? I appreciate I, the I, input. I really wanted to make fun of Gary Dolphin and some of the things uh, he said, but after the way this broadcast has gone so far, I can't do it. Good Lord. Y.A. Black was Yahweh to him the other day, so I guess apparently he's God, which is really cool. Well, he played anyway, well. Um, he did. Didn't see him walk on water. So. Or part any of the offensive yeah. line of Iowa State. Um, anyway, let's go to Spencer Petrus. Are you worried about him? Yes. Why? Because um, he has thrown three... I'm going to say four good passes this year. <laughs> um, the pass to Charlie Jones for touchdown was awesome. He had another great one to Luke Lachey. Excellent pass, about 18 yards. He misses guys that are open. And if Iowa can't figure out a way to extend the defense, and I don't know if let's just throw the ball. No, go, go with that. Down, go with that for a minute. Down the field yes. to Tracy and to... Nico and get in Keegan and get so, in uh, Bruce and throw the ball down the field. If they can't do that, there's going to be nine guys in a box the rest of the year. 
And it isn't going to matter against Kent State and Colorado State because both those teams are not that good. But somebody else will, will well, take advantage, right? But, you know, going to Maryland and, and Penn State coming up and all those sorts of things, then it's going to matter. So here's, here's You the, have to be able to extend the field. You, you, uh, you're, so in the second quarter, Iowa had gone and scored on that short field after after the Matt Hankins uh, interception. 41-yard return. Right. Uh, well, no. the, the Yes. Inter- no. Uh, on the pickoff, he had 41-yard return. Yeah, but not on the one in the first quarter. The one in the first quarter. He no, he fell, he fell down. down right? Yes. But, no, in the second quarter. So I'm sorry, the second quarter. The first drive they scored on. But the second drive they scored on, we got the ball deep in Iowa territory. We had a sack. And also we were looking 71, at sack, yeah, third 71-yard drive. Right. But we went up the middle to to uh, Luke Lachey. No, Laporta. Lachey was on the other one. This is Laporta on third and long. Right? Okay, we have to be able to throw it to someone other than a tight end. Well. But here's what – so Iowa State is walking their – watch the – you can go back and watch this on the replay. I'm going to watch the you, tape. Once you watch this. They walk their safety so far up, they're just begging us. We're not taking a break yet because we didn't get on the air until whatever. Anyway, well, she's going to turn it on okay. and it's automatic, so They walk their safety. They were daring Iowa to throw. And Andrew Ridge, sitting next to me, stood up and screamed, throw the seat, right? And he's throwing – he's just screaming at the top of his lungs. Kirk they, Herbstreit said right, throw the seat. We're saying throw the seat. Herbstreit – and they threw the seam. Guess what? 30 yards and a first down, right? Iowa State was daring Spencer Peters to beat him, and he did just enough to do it. There's, It's going to have to get better, and we're going to have to talk more about it because I agree that the things that need to happen are still the same things that are the problem. He it, can only throw to the first guy, and then after that, he's done. That's it, a problem. He's got the talent, but he just, after the first guy is covered, Sooner or he's later, done. he's going to have to go Ricky Stanzi and say, I'm going to throw a few picks. Got to stop going ocean. That's right. No uh, more ocean. Can we go to the break? I can't hear. I don't know. Are we in break? All right. We're going to be back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700, the champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700, the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. It feels normal again. That's good. I can hear the fi- fight song. We're back here at G-Mix. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you in Valley Junction, West Des Moines, as we are each week. In theory, right around 6 o'clock on Tuesdays. Give or take. <laughs> Give or take a little bit here. In, uh, and I think we're going to have Tom Cakert on the line, aren't we? Is he on I from HawkeyeReport.com? I think so. And uh, what will be really good is that since we kind of uh, booted our way through that first segment, there's a lot to talk about that I didn't get to on my notes. So um, we'll uh, talk. As, as soon as I get the affirmation. As soon as we get the affirmation that Tom's here. Okay. So... Uh, Appreciation threads from the other day. How about a round of applause? I said this on the Twitter. Monty Potabon. Good heavens. So let's talk about what a piece of the offense. I mean, I was slugging, slugging their way through this, right, and trying to find ways to, to, to gain yardage. Iowa had the one. There was one set that worked really, really well, which was uh, if they got it on the left hash, they could run wide to the right with Goodson, and they could get Potabon outside. Now, one time he missed everybody and Goodson only got like seven or eight yards as, scored as, after that. as Bruce and I said or we're talking on Sunday Potterman missed the first two blocks he had and then the rest of the game he destroyed everyone well on the first touchdown then which was later in that drive yes. he got two guys he did buried the guy he was supposed to and flipped over the top of him and caught the second guy with his feet so they're, they're not legal mind you <laughs> doesn't matter at that point right and then, of course, of that, not on top of that. Doesn't that he, just he, basically he, they make gave you... him the football twice, right? Which is a bonus every time, right? They're giving the football and let him run for three or four yards. It was terrific. 
I, I, the guy is just what Iowa needs always as a as a fullback. You need the throwback player, right? And there he was. And there so let's give a little appreciation to him. So that this is what we had last week. I know we got Tom. Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com joining us now, and now we, we're getting the static feedback. We'll see what we'll get out of it. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon. I guess it's evening now, though, right? I guess it is. I don't know. Yeah, what exactly does afternoon become evening? Well, we, we're doing 6 o'clock now. Six we did o'clock. 5 for like 15 years, so yeah, I guess that's probably right. Uh, Tom, we, we had a number of little technical difficulties in the first section, so we've got a lot to discuss, and we were just kind of diving into a couple of the performances of the other day. I love Monty Potabom uh, and, and the, thing he, the things he brought to the game and, and, and the things he is bringing to the game. But when you start to break down some of the other guys that, uh, gosh, you know, just out of, uh, you start, you're starting to see emerge, and certainly the favorite one the other day, the one that everybody is going to start talking about, and he's going to become a household name as we go, is Justin Jacobs, because not only did he, did he play well around, all around the football, but he made the biggest play of the game, let's face it. Uh, it stopped, it, it really turned the, the third quarter. And that's a kid that was a big-time recruit coming in and one of the few that's actually on that defense, but he's shown up and he's actually playing to the level that we hoped he would. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's emerging, I think would be the right word uh, to say about, uh, about Justin Jacobs. And, and the big challenge is where are you going to get his snaps at? Because there's, they run the cash so much and you're putting Dane Belton in that spot and you, know, you play Belton and Kayvon Merriweather. Um, then you've you got to just kind of uh, one of the things Seth Wallace has done this year is he's going to rotate Jacobs in there with Jack Campbell and Seth Benson, probably more with Benson than Campbell, I think. And um, maybe that's how you get him some snaps. But he had two huge plays. You know, everybody looks at the at the uh, uh, poking the ball away from Brees Hall and uh, creating the scoop and score for uh, Jack Campbell. But there was also another pass uh, that he broke up to Charlie Kohler. It would have been a first down uh, in Iowa territory, and it was a huge play. And that was Jacobs just kind of getting his hand in there and, and, and knocking the ball loose. Wasn't that in the first half? It, it was, and I remember I said to I said to Andrew because my Andrew was sitting next to me. I said, "Hey, God, that was a that was a really well thrown ball. It was a really well." I mean, and that was all Jacobs, right? It was terrific, and I agree, Tommy. You know, I think you're gonna you're gonna see him show up in all kinds of different ways because he can run, and it's going to be interesting to see how he shows up on the field. One of the other things I thought was interesting that Kirk mentioned today, and it was in talking about Justin, but it, but it also then applied to a number of other players as they get them involved in the games is when they make a play that shows up on the highlight reel, when they make a play that becomes pivotal in a game, suddenly they've got ownership in a football team. And it's a reason why Kirk runs a lot of young guys in there, but only at, at various times and gives them the, the experience. I thought that was a really interesting way to think about how players become not just a, a, a roster member, but become part of a, of a rolling snowball of a team. You know, it, it, he, And he's now got ownership in this season because of a big play he made, and that's the way a lot of Iowa players get involved. Yeah, it's just uh, it's kind of the, it's the process for Iowa in a lot of ways. You just kind of move along, and, and, and you make a play, and then you kind of get get into part of the group, and that's just how you, how you keep evolving and keep growing as a team. You know, Bobby Sanders made that play in a kickoff. 
he did, right? Yeah. It, right. The, his very first impression was that, right? But then he made yeah. an interception against Northwestern when they upset Northwestern that year. That was a contribution, and he was he was always a stamp of the Iowa football team after that, right? And it, I, I, it is. It has been a hallmark since back in 2000, right, of guys who make an impression on a big play, and suddenly they're one of the faces of the program. It's just it's a, it's a neat feel to it. I would move on to the other feeling stuff, Tom, and I wanted your impression of this. So I, I'm, I'm assuming you've seen the Kirk Ferentz-Holly Rowe interview after the game where Kirk got a little misty. A- am I right about yeah. that? What, yeah, where, do you, where, do you, where, do you, where do you go with that? Where do you go with what made him emotional about that? I, I, you know, he's kind of joked that he's getting old and getting soft and big softy now. So um, he's just he, – I, I think part of it's Holly, to be honest, because she's – you know, she used to get him all the time to get emotional and, and cry after games. You know, we're back in, you know, 2003, 4, 5 era where – um, he would, she would get him after a big game and get him, get him all misty-eyed. And I think that was part of that. I think it's just he's he's in the autumn of his coaching career too, and these are, you know, he can kind of maybe smell a little bit of a special season this year, and um, he's getting emotional about it already. Do you think? Do you think with all the stuff that went on last summer? And then the the extra efforts they've had to make, and, and rightfully so, off the field, that he kind of wondered if he'd still be around at this point to have a victory like that, a signature win on national television, a top ten victory. I just almost felt like when she said, you know, I was still here, that that triggered within him something about. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sure he knew he would still be right. Yeah. Well, there was that point. Um, I, I remember he talked about this last year in June where he talked to one of his – he's never identified who the player was, but he was talking to a lot of people after the Chris Doyle stuff came out and all that, that was going on where he asked one of his former players, am I part of the problem? Do I need to go? And the player said, no, you're not, you're not the issue. So – um, you should stay, but he was prepared to just say, maybe I just need to get the hell out of here, and he didn't. And he just, you know, he just he looked the issues right in the eye, changed what needed to change, and did it willingly and cooperatively, and just kind of changed the culture. And you know, the thing that that I've heard from the players this year, especially the guys on defense, is just how close they are. And it's all the different classes and how they're close. And uh, I think Riley Moss was talking a little bit about it today, just how everybody's so tight on this team. And this is the closest team that he's ever been on. And I, and I think all of that kind of dovetails back to last year. So, Tom, you know, it's an interesting situation now because the offense has sort of been struggling. I the Hawks have won eight games in a row. They're averaging 30, 33 points a game. And we're sitting here going, the offense is struggling. I read something about the return yards in terms of off of what the defense has done, the difference between the net punting and, stu- and such. And it was well over 100 yards last week, just just in terms of these things. 
good Lord. Herb Street said uh, Taylor was the uh, MVP of the game. And the tightness hopefully doesn't get into an offense versus defense situation. If you, if you follow what I'm saying, where all of a sudden the defense is looking at the offense going, come on, man, you got to help us out. Yeah. Um, are you just kind of dig, looking at, like, the, the offenses that you're worried about the offense uh, or the defense getting mad at the offense? Well, the closeness, the, the good news is what you're talking about. I think the closeness lends itself to that not being a problem, right? I, yeah, I saw, yeah. I, I will go back to, go back to Hayden Fry's last year, which, I, you know, God love him and, and, re, and rest in peace, right? But I remember yeah. going up to Minnesota for his last game. And the Iowa defense played well enough that day in the first half to hold the Minnesota team that was better than them down. And eventually they just gave up, right? The offense was just awful. Right, they, they they just and I I remember looking at them like they are not, they've lost faith in each other. It was like one of the few times I've seen that, and it's not Hayden's fault. They had a, a lot of problems that year that were not his fault. But my, my I think David's point is a, a weaker group might get a little frustrated with that, right? But they've been around each other so much and through so much. I feel like that that's not going to be a problem with this group, regardless of who may have a down week, right? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any finger pointing with this group. I just don't. I, I think they're just all kind of in it together, and everybody's going to do their job and do their part, and we'll see where it goes. I want to ship before we get uh, – we, we may uh, – I don't want to run out of time before. The one thing piece of news lost in the weekend, because it was Iowa, Iowa State, and Iowa won that, is that uh, the basketball program got their commitment from Josh Dix out of Council Bluffs, and, and I, I – I don't think it can ever be understated when you've got a kid that is competing. You're competing for him uh, be- between Wisconsin, Purdue, Iowa, Minnesota, uh, I guess Drake, right, uh, who had a great year, um, a number of schools, and, and he chooses Iowa. And I think um, he could have taken more time, right, but he's, he's excited about becoming an Iowa Hawkeye. He chose Iowa this week. And tell us a little bit about Josh, Josh Dix. Yeah, he's a 6'5 uh, shooting guard from uh, Council Bluffs. can handle the ball. Um, you know, could play some uh, point guard if you need to, uh, but shoots it really well, handles it really well, can get, out, get things done off the, off the bounce. Um, athletic kid, really played well um, this spring. You know, Minnesota offered him, Wisconsin offered him. So, um, him, you know, Purdue was interested. Paul Lust uh, at Purdue was really interested in him. So, um, I think a good, good get. Now they've got their backcourt. Now they can kind of round things out with uh, probably one more recruit in this class. Doesn't sound like uh, the nickel kid is going to end up, he's going to choose tomorrow and he he can't. He may have uh, come up short in his visit to Iowa. So is it pretty much down to Jackson, Jackson Kohler? And I guess Aiden Shaw is still out there, but Kohler is probably the one that you're really hoping on still, right? Yeah, and Shaw is uh, going to decide in a couple days here on the 17th on his birthday Everybody seems to think he's going to end up at Missouri at this point, but, you know, we'll see. Um, I, I think that's kind of where it's going to end up, but, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and Nichols going to make his announcement, and he just went to UNC. I think everybody kind of believes that that's where he's going to land. So is, the, is Jackson Kohler, do you feel like, do you feel good about that? I mean, I loved having him come in for the first game and, and see, uh, you know, and talk with Luca Garza and hang out with him. But Michigan State's in the fold, Illinois, there's a, a half a dozen big-time programs now for that kid, even though Iowa was in early. How are you feeling about him? 
Yeah, I, you know, it's an interesting situation with him. Um, you know, Michigan State seems like they might be out in front now, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um, I think Iowa's still in the mix. I think he was really enthralled with what Iowa has done uh, with the uh, with Luca Garza and you know all that stuff. And so I, I think um, I think Iowa's going to be in it, but. The kid wants to take some visits, so I don't think we can really do anything to figure it out yet, you know, in terms of what he's going to do. All right, Tom. Hawks have a big game this week against Kent State, I think. Big game? That's a big game? Every game is a big game when you're number five in the country. Good point. You can't stub your toe. And we can't repeat that enough. And you can't can't look past anyone. Obviously, the Hawks are three touchdown favorites. I presume you have us winning, Tom. Uh, what are your thoughts this weekend and as we move, move down the season? I do think that Iowa's going to win. Uh, I think they'll probably – I don't know that they'll win by three touchdowns, though. Kent's kind of a tricky team. I mean, they were um, – it was it was 10-3 with A&M down in College Station to open the season. So, at the half. So I'm not sure that says kind much. Of a, it's you know the Colorado. Yeah, know. Well, they they have eight interceptions on the year, so they're 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 getting turnovers. Yeah. Okay. Oh shoot, Tom, we're they gonna are. we're heading to commercial. Okay. We're gonna, we'll talk to you guys. Thanks, next Tom. Week. Take care. All right, Tom Kaker of HawkeyeReport.com. Hey, we went long with Tom. That's always good. We'll be back. Wrap things up here in the Hawkeye Huddle on seventeen hundred. The champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Rich on seventeen hundred. The champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Am I up? There we go. Turn me on. Thank you, Smithers. I'm sorry I didn't reach around. We're back around. here in the Hawkeye Little Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you here at G-Migs in Valley Love Junction, you, West Des Moines. Jason's mad at me because we called him out early. We did? Uh, well, just an Iowa State slightly. Fan. He's an Iowa State fan. Easy. He's good. He takes care of He's everything. He's the here. best. I know. I don't know why Iowa State fans get so. He's the best, Jerry. He's, He's the know, best. Do you know we just picked up a sponsor? You know who else is the Iowa, best? An Iowa State fan who's a sponsor. We did. So we're going to shift our Remax Concepts um, sponsorship for the year. Uh-huh. Love Doug Stonehawker. That's a family I've been with for But Angie Lancaster and uh, her, her friend Brian Hauk. Hauk? It actually looks like Hawk, but Hauk, uh, who's also who's with Key Mortgage. He's a lender. They're going to sponsor the show here for the rest of the duration of the show, so we're going to be talking about them a lot. Couldn't be more happy about Shit. it. Did you say you sold twenty four? You sold three houses in 24 hours. Is that right? Three houses in 24 hours. That's pretty tough. This girl's right? a badass. So you need a house sold. She didn't write down her, her, her uh, phone number, how to get a hold of her. What do you got? She's going to write it down right it's now. It's 515. So we're shifting the Angie. sponsor. And it's no, no, nothing, against, <laughs> nothing against Doug. Love him. But uh, actually, Doug was kind of out for the year. He's got other stuff going on. He's going to be remain a realtor for me. But Angie and and uh, Brian and Brian right now, we're going to get to get you more information. Let's not forget about AMPM Plumbing. I was going to say, as Brett, the year what goes do they on, do? They do plumbing. This just in: they do plumbing at all hours of the day and or night and or year and whatever they do. I'm telling um, you, they're the best plumbers in town actually, down here in the junction. Right. They came up to, they actually took care of uh, Ashley's house when it, she needed it. So it was very quickly, very, it was terrific. So uh, give and them we'll, a And hopefully we'll be getting uh, to our foundry distilling 
last call, which I forgot to you start know, this clock. You know the one reason why it's the only re- the one reason I'm missing Foundry is because we drank a lot of whiskey over there on Thursday nights. I know, didn't we? I love Tuesday nights here at G-Mix, steak night and all. <laughs> but we had a lot of fun over at Foundry as well. I love they're G-Mix. Open, they're, uh, Foundry, by the way, open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If you want to go into their tasting room. Otherwise, just look for their whiskeys around town. I mean, it's terrific. Hy-Vee, Costco, yeah, and all absolutely. other places. His brand-new Graham's Hy-Vee. I'm going tomorrow. So oh, excited. They opened it up. It's the biggest Graham's Hy-Vee ever. So, um, Saturday, Kent State. I, I miss so much stuff about Iowa State I want to talk about. How do we not talk about Charlie Frickin' Jones? Charlie Frickin' the new, Jones. The new darling of Kirk Herb Street, right? Because he had to find somebody to be excited about. The game actually got kind of well, boring. He, he loves right? our punter and Charlie Jones. Well, well, okay, so... Oh, Biggest play of the game. I, it's on my notes. 69 top. yard punt. And what was the deal? So here's the deal. No, that was the biggest play. 51 yard punt. Second one was a 51 yard punt. First series of the second half. Okay. Iowa State drives the 50 yard line. They end up having to kick to Iowa. They get it. Would they pin us on the five? Tory Taylor goes into the end zone. Now remember, Tory Taylor has never seen an, seen As of last an year. American football game until last year. 65,000 people in the stands. He's on the back end line, and he's got five yards shorter than he needs to to punt, and Matt Campbell doesn't rush him. He puts Iowa State back on the 35-yard line, game's over. Matt Campbell didn't rush him. I'm Do you like, know that Matt Campbell hasn't had a person try and field a punt since the Iowa game yeah, in 2019 yeah. where the I'll, fumble risky? I'll just leave you this with this before we get to Kent State. Iowa now has seen... Penix, who was the second-team All-Big Ten quarterback last year behind Justin Fields. And that wasn't even just on the Internet. Right. That was the real thing. And Brock, not Matt, Brock Purdy pulled from games in the third quarter. Both of these guys were pulled because the Iowa defense was too good for them. Are you ready to hear this stat? In the last eight games that the Hawks have won, as we all know, they've won eight games in a row, eight and two, following the – two small losses to begin last year. All eight teams have pulled their quarterback. I didn't even think about that. You're right. They went to somebody else because they couldn't get it done defensively. Brock Purdy averaged 40 yards a game on the ground last year as a runner. You know how many yards he had the other day? One. One sack. Usually you lose when you have that statistic on a running quarterback. It's because they lost 20 yards on like three or four sacks. He had one yard instead of 40 that he averaged last year. And you say I never study. You do study. That's terrific. Kent State, did you study them? Yep. Tell me about them. They're the Golden Flashes. They're from someplace in Ohio. And? Uh, 1970, there was a horrible massacre. I knew you had to go there. Well, what else do you want me to tell you? uh, Here's what I'll tell you. They got eight eight interceptions this year. So the the guy They have eight interceptions. I can speak... In proper English, and apparently they were uh, close to Texas A and M. We did get here about four thirty early in the first yeah. half uh, in a game that Texas A and M still covered. So while um, telling me that it was ten to three in the first half is interesting, they yeah. couldn't hang. They their defense is civ like in yes. spite of eight interceptions this year so they've given up hundreds and hundreds of yards but they played vmi this last week so well, uh, FCS what did they did, win what 61 to yeah, 6 they, or they something they had 494 yards rushing this okay. week but they were playing vmi right 250 against uh texas a&m which is not too bad 
Their quarterback runs a lot. 250 right? yards in, during the game isn't too bad. And, uh, for Against Texas A&M. I against, mean. Uh, on the ground, on the ground, on the ground. Oh. Their quarterback. Average, so they run the football. Yeah, he, he so average, we're going to have eight in the box. He's an RPO quarterback, run pass option. Option. Run pass offense, Gary Dolphin. And this just in because uh, I'm sorry, Brett and I both talked to name. Norm Parker one time. Uh, the RPO is an option. It's just, uh, it's just an option yeah. offense. I don't yeah. know what the whole hullabaloo. So here's the deal: they run, they they run quickly. They try to get a playoff every 15 to 20 seconds. Okay? Good lord! And it's going to be 95 degrees, and it's going to be 100 degrees. So the good news is that Iowa now has figured out years into this that you need to rotate guys, and they go 10 deep on that defensive line. Well, and how about this? Let's say the Hawks get up by I don't know 17 points and start to put the heat so to speak, yeah. on the Kent State defense. Yeah. I think time of possession this game could be 38-22. Yeah, I, I feel like Iowa's going to run the ball a lot more this week. And by the way, Kyler Schott will be back this week. Shooter. Uh, Shooter will be back. Granted, he's going to be working his way into things, but when you add him into this, Mason Richmond is going to get better and better. These guys are going to get better and better. This was. I, I'm still going back to this. I will give Iowa State credit because they don't give Iowa credit. I will give Iowa State. They have a very good defense. They're extraordinarily good in, they're on extraordinarily defense, good. and they're struggling right now with the offense. And right. it's much like and Iowa. I'm just saying they're going to get better. In fact, I this just in Angie Jason. I hope Iowa State goes eleven and one. I do. Too. I do. Okay. I got you there. A uh, couple of things. Uh, Colorado State game is at two thirty. By the way, that's been announced, which is really you know another two thirty game. And then we're uh, heading down to Maryland, of course, which is a, a Friday, Friday night, night after that. And we're waiting for the we're waiting for the Penn State. Oh, what? We what? Be, we're going to go to Kansas City. You going to be there? Uh, yes, An- Angie is a Cyclone fan. We're going to we're headed to Missouri for that weekend. We maybe we just stop in Kansas during City. during the Maryland game. Yeah, we're going to Rob's. Well, maybe we'll do. All right, that. there well, we, we go. We got we got so all um, know. tailgate this weekend. Do we have duck food? Uh, uh, we or nails, one of the two. All we have are nails. Okay, good. We got two minutes. Foundry distilling last call. I'm going to start. No, I shouldn't. Somebody's going to ask us about that sooner or later. Nope, nope, nope. You're going to start because you always start, and I usually. And I've been accurate. Right, you've been killing it. We scored more points this week than I thought, but you've been killing it. And listen, hey, um, Kent State will break through against uh, at the end of the game for this and score a few points. But Iowa, this is this is an Iowa uh, uh, one of those exercise games, right? Biggest thing for Iowa is to keep things from uh, keep guys from getting injured. Kyler Shutt comes back in. This is methodical. Iowa, unfortunately, it'll be hot. And it'll be methodical. Iowa wins this one, 35, 35 to, to seventeen. They'll give up the seventeen, two touchdowns in the fourth. Wow, quarter. you don't even in have fourth cover. Quarter, fourth okay, quarter. I couldn't I couldn't disagree with you more. Covering's tough. When you when you were forty one to fourteen, I'll give you I'll, I'll, and I'll the fourteen points by Kent State is all at the end of the game. The Hawks are up forty one zero and give up two late ones with the third stringers in. No sacks on Spencer Peters this week, none. And the none. running game goes for well over two hundred yards. Give IKM a hundred. He was as good no, as Goodson. I, he was as I good think, as, I think, as Goodson, I think Goodson has a couple big ones. IKM's probably in the 75 and Potterman with three. Three, three yards? Well, three yards and a two carries and a touchdown, right? <laughs> Why not? I, I would take that. I, I, I'll tell you what. And by the way, Iowa wins this game. Win number 300 at Kinnick State. I, you know what? Darn it. 
You missed it, didn't you? I, no, you were, I knew. Were, I knew yeah, it. I know, but I, you were gonna. You throw but it. Out I, but I forgot it. I know it's on my yes. notes here. It's why I have a well, sheet. That's why I have a note sheet. My studying is all done mentally. I do a lot of. We can't hear the music if deep it's coming. Thinking. So, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but absolutely, uh, I was trying to figure out how many I might have been there for. I'm probably close to 180 or 200. Oh, you're kidding me. Well, I started going in 1977. Wow, that's impressive. I No way do I. I had season tickets in 1979 on. There's no chance I've been there for that many wins. Good Lord. You know, I'd have to really go 40, back and look. I'm looking at 42 years of. So there's seven games a year, 20 five years. Wins. That's, oh, man. I know. If If I've seen. 80 wins, I'd be happy. Really? The 70s were thin, which is fortunate. Before I went in there, they were thin. They, I, they won four I, games. I went to one game in the 70s, and they uh, got beat by Minnesota at home. It was like 56-3. to three. First college football game I ever went to. It's horrible. There's the music. Thank there you, Jennifer, is. back at the studio hey, for hooking us up and getting her taken care of and getting old time. This is so fun. I, it doesn't matter half the time anyway, right? We hope you've had a good time listening as well. Join us next week. We'll be here at 6 o'clock, we think. And we'll be around the world at thehawkeyehuddle.com and on 17 under the champ. Brett Ridge, Dick Creighton Jr. for the Hawkeye Huddle.